As you do, uh, you can also open up your Bible uh, to John chapter 9, and we're going to go to verse 35. John chapter 9, verse 35, we're continuing in this conversation, the gospel of John. And uh, John chapter 9, verse 35, I'm going to give you just a moment to get there with me. We can read this together. Verse 35, and we're going to just finish out the rest of the chapter Verse 35, it says this, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then it says, then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. And some of the Pharisees who were standing nearby, uh, nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we are blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus responds. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Today, the title of my sermon is, is this. It's the sight to see that you are blind. And today we're going we're gonna to have a conversation and it's all about the topic of pride. Can I tell you, this is not a fun topic to discuss because here's the reality of the topic of pride. The, the people that need to hear this the most are too prideful to realize it's for them. So we, we enter a section of scripture and we look at this and, and I, my tension is, man, the people that need to hear this the most, like there's this scripture that talks about a parable like a... Take the, the plank out of your own eye before you try to pull out that little, uh, a little piece of wood speck in your neighbor's eye. And, and this is the struggle for us. For many of us is, is that we're not willing to realize that these words reign true in our lives. Like for some of us, we think we're already past this point. And pride, it's in Scripture. If you look at Jesus often when he speaks, uh, a lot of his words are to the Pharisees. And he's actually speaking to them that they would actually lose the pride in their own life and really humble themselves to realize who they are surrounded by right here in this moment. The Messiah has come, but they're too prideful to realize it. And for me, uh, my personality, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm pretty optimistic overall, like at least in my own surroundings. Like I, I like to be excited about what I'm involved in. And uh, it doesn't mean that I don't look at the realities of some things, but I get excited if you see the problem, then that, that means you can hopefully solve it, and then it's better, and things only improve. But this week, it's been tough on me because uh, I became kind of pessimistic about it because it's like the, the, the people that hear it and actually listen to it usually are the ones that are already applying the humility in their own life, but the people that need it are the ones that are prideful, and they're not willing to actually hear the words right here in this section of Scripture. And we all, we, all know, we all know someone that kind of struggles with uh, realizing when we're speaking to them, right? Like, like some of us, we go in a roundabout way because it's kind of an awkward conversation. So, so they got something in their teeth and you're like, like wiping your teeth a lot, trying to tell them to like, hey, you might want to do the same, right? Like, let me tell you this. I'm going to help some of you out. If someone offers you gum, you take it. 
they're, they're not just being friendly. They're telling you something. Your breath stinks, right? And some of you are like, no, nah, I'm not really. I don't want gum right now. And it's like, no, you need it for everyone else's sake, right? Like, like you're like, no, I just brushed my teeth. Well, something didn't work, right? Like, the, 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 when someone offers gum, I never hear that as like, oh, that's just nice. Like, they're telling me something. My breath is stinky, and I need something to hopefully offset that. Like, like we all kind of almost recognize that. But, but there's certain things in our life that, that people even say to us or, or maybe even when we read God's word, we read, but we don't actually like let it really pierce our hearts, right? We read it and we're already like, yeah, they really need to hear that. Like some of us are really good about that. Like we're like, oh, my wife, she needs that one. Like, and it's like, no, 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 maybe you need that one. And, and that's what I want to discuss today when we look at this scripture, because this is what happens in this chapter, the entire chapter 9 is really based on this story. Like from the beginning to the end is all about this man that was blind. And it's this man that has this encounter with Jesus and Pharisees are involved. And this all occurs. And when we look at the topic of pride, the biggest struggle of pride is that often it's just not taken that serious. Like none of us really take pride that seriously. Like if I were to tell you, and it's true, I struggle I struggle with pride. Like, I'm always right. And it is so annoying to always be right. And, like, I always know what's best. And sometimes I don't understand how some of you don't understand what I understand. Like, I I struggle with pride, but that's real. Like, at the end of the day, that's real. But when I tell you that, most of you, like, when I say, hey, I struggle with pride, most of you are like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, but if I say, hey, I struggle with lust and adultery, some of you then, oh, ears perk up. You're like, hey, that's pretty serious. Can I tell you, pride is the root of so many other sins and things in our life. Like, we see that throughout Scripture. It starts with pride. When we think we know what's best. When we, we take the, the stand of where Christ should stand in our lives. It's pride that's the problem in so many lives. So, so when we look at this, my hope is that for many of us, we, we begin to look at this and pride and this struggle. Because this whole week, I'm, I'm looking at this conversation, and I still, this morning, find myself waking up, and for the first hour, my whole thought process, everything in my mind is surrounded about one thing the whole time. And for the first hour of my day, my whole thought is on me, Right? My, 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 what my week looks like today. I got I to gotta be ready to preach. Then, then I got something after this where I got to speak and, then, and I got all this stuff. But now like our kids just started soccer and, and like we're at practice fields every night of the week. But somehow I got roped in. Now I'm coaching one of my kids games. Like, what is this? I didn't want this. I didn't sign up for this. Like, and, and it's all surrounded about me for my whole day. And this is where most of you are supposed to start feeling sorry for me. I feel better about myself because you feel sorry. But pride, it's the problem in so many lives. And, and really what it becomes, it, pride is really what becomes our focus, right? That's, it's an issue of our focus, really, at the end of the day. Like, like I got this flashlight, and it's pretty bright, I think. And, uh, and if I, like, were to shine it on something, you could see, like, not just it lights my way, but it also kind of, like, focuses on something. So, like, right here online, you can't see this, but... There's an exit sign that I'm focusing on. Or I, I could come up to one of these uh, lights, and uh, that looks pretty dirty and dusty, and we might need to think about cleaning that. Um, or I could just, 
I could just do some of that and just like shine it on someone and now they feel super awkward and uh, <laughs> like I didn't, I should have sat in the back of the room right now. And, uh, but online I could just shine it right in the lens and, and we can do this and we can see where our focus becomes. So my focus, uh, and online you're probably not going to see this either, but we got crosses way up here and, and my focus can be on the cross or often what we usually do is my focus is on me. And, and for some of you, you're like, oh, I'm not that prideful. Like, I actually, I, I really am frustrated at my life, how it came about, like, what I can accomplish and what I can do and everything in my life. I'm so mad. But really, at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're still just talking about me. Like, you're still just focusing on yourself. And you're like, oh, woe is me. Or you're like, I'm the best. I got all the best decisions. Like, it's all about me. And the problem is our focus turns from what it should be, and it turns to us. Today, I want to I talk about our focus I want to talk about pride. And when we do that, I want us to kind of go back to the beginning of John chapter 9. John chapter 9, uh, I want to read these two verses, 6 and 7. And it, John chapter 9, 6 and 7, it says this. Then he, speaking about Jesus, spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, just for a moment, like let's just recognize kind of crazy right like Jesus turned water into wine like a lady touched his garment his clothing and was healed like Jesus spoke things and people were healed not even that were directly around him but right here Jesus decides I'm making some mud and I'm wiping this guy's eyes like what's the purpose what's the point of this in verse 7 verse 7 it continues he told him go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam Siloam means sent so the man went and washed and came back seeing, came back with his sight. Now what's interesting about this is Jesus has an interaction with a blind man. The blind man never saw Jesus. Jesus sends him. And when he comes back, Jesus isn't around with him in that moment. So this man that was blind and now can see never saw his healer. So, so this is what's occurring in this moment. Now what's interesting is verse 38, which I read uh, uh, earlier it even says, verse 38, we got, uh, he says, yes, Lord, right? But if you go just a little earlier, verse 36, maybe even verse 35, let me just read verse 34. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man. He says, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, who is he? And he says, sir, right? Respect, right? He, he says, sir. Jesus responds, you have seen him. He is speaking to you. And his next response goes from sir to Lord. It's in this moment where he now connects it, he recognizes it, and he, he recognizes Jesus as Lord, as his Messiah, who he never saw before. So it's not like you just saw it and now you accept it. He, he, he received sight, but he didn't see who provided it. But in this moment, he trusts it. See, I want to speak about pride is, is a problem. Because for many of us, pride is a problem because we go about our lives and we think we are right and God is on our side all the time. Every situation, usually we turn it into how we're right, God is on our side in this situation. If we look historically at many different times in religion, we can see where people thought they were right and God is on their side. And we can look back and go, oh, I don't know if that's right. I, my question to you would be, what if you're wrong about that thing? that you're holding so much pride over? What if, what if you're wrong 
what if God isn't actually on that side of your issue? And it starts maybe with a little humility, recognizing, saying, we're still searching. There's still truth that we know and that we can come to some conclusions, but maybe it's even the approach of how we go about it. But, but what if some of these issues, what if we're willing at least to recognize something? But pride, it comes in a, a, a special way. See, we, we see that pride, it really results in so many other issues in our life. It starts at pride, like I know what's best. Like I'm going to do what I want to do in this moment, even if it hurts someone else, whatever it might be. But we even see in Revelation, Revelation is a, a picture often of believers, um, uh, but then also unbelievers. And we see like God is revealing himself all the time, right? For many of us, we look at Revelation and we think, oh, it's just like, God being mean and mad and doing some crazy stuff. But if you really look at it and you see what happens, it's God revealing himself to people. He's revealing himself. But what it gets to at a certain point, and this is where pride becomes such an issue, he reveals himself so much that people that aren't accepting or following Christ go, I recognize you. So they see God, but they say, I want nothing to do with you. Because when you're, you want something to do with God, what you're doing is you're humbling yourself under the authority of God. So they say, I want nothing to do with it. That's the problem with pride. It gets to a place where we no longer want God's word in our life. Instead, we just want what we want. And what happens in this story is uh, at the very beginning, this blind man is kind of in the same area as Jesus and his disciples ask him a question. They go, Jesus, why is this man blind from like birth? Was it because of his own sin? Was it because of like generational sin, his parents, his grandparents, all, all down the road? Like what, what sin involved this man becoming blind? Jesus responds with, it's all happening for the glory of God. But they don't see it that way. For many of us, we, we almost go about the same like action, just we communicate it in a different way where, where we go like, this is just what I got to deal with. Like, it, just, it is just how it is. And we just live in this, like, it is how it is. Instead of realizing every little thing can be used for the glory of God. So, so, so instead of me continuing to carry something going like, I just got to deal with what I got to deal with. Maybe it, start, uh, it starts with me stop holding on and start humbling myself and recognizing everything can be used for God's glory. We, we've seen it so often in so many lives. Where, where people humble themselves, but the, the, the more inward we get, the more inward we get, the more depressed we get often because we continue to focus on ourselves. And can I just tell you right now, like you're messed up. I'm messed up. We're all messed up. That's why the good news called the gospel is here because we're all messed up, but the one person that could solve it has solved it. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's this realization where we get to our humility, recognizing something. I can't do it on my own. See, pride says, I got this. Pride says, I got this. But the gospel says, God's got this. And it starts with a recognition where too many of us are holding on to control, trying to solve something saying, I can figure it out. I can solve it. My way is better. I know all the answers. I'm good. And instead, it's humbling ourselves going, I can't. I can't do this on my own. It's me coming under the authority of God. Some of it is it's us recognizing 
the gifts from God, recognizing that it's, it's not because of your hard work that you got that job. Don't even, that promotion, you think you're that great? Nah. It, it's not because, oh, like, you guys got lucky, you just found the one, and everyone else, they stink, and they can't find the one. No, it, it, it's recognizing the gift that God has given you in every circumstance and situation. It's even recognizing the hurts in your life, the things that you've gone through. Sometimes you're like, man, that was not fun. I wish I would never have experienced that. Can I tell you, I think God even uses those moments to build you stronger, to make you who you are today. And, and when we just go, I don't want that anymore, it's kind of pulling us into the driver's seat instead of recognizing this, recognizing the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is this. For some of you, you're planning an awesome vacation this summer and, uh, and, and you got all these plans, and that's great. Like, make your plans. Like, you, you got your career, you're trying to figure out that promotion, that's great. We're told even in Scripture to work with excellence, like to show other people as an image of God, as a recognition, like this is why I work hard, because for God's glory. Like, all that is great, but at the end of the day, God's sovereignty is saying, hey, that vacation may or may not happen because it's all in the will of God. And that's where I have to stand back at some point and be willing. For too many of us, we plan everything, and when we expect everything to happen according to our plan. Now, that might sound familiar because there's scripture about according to his plan. For many of you, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat. That, that's a, a root of pride. It starts to build up in our lives. So it's moments where we begin to just recognize the sovereignty of God is us coming under his authority. And that also means it's not up to you or me. We should be diligent. We should work hard. We should plan. Those are all great things. But still, we should come under his authority going, it will be how it should be, and I will be comfortable with that. But pride, it turns into another issue where we start to think we're like better than others, those kind of things, right? We put ourselves on, on pedestals and all these different issues that arise. Can I tell you, the religious people in this moment, they hear Jesus and they're like, whoa, 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 you talking about me? I think you're trying to talk about me. And Jesus' response is, oh, not really, because I'm talking to the people that are blind and don't claim that they can see. You're claiming it all. Can I tell you, though, like in my own personal life, religious people are the worst. Some of you right now, you're like, mm, I think you, you're kind of called one of those. Like, and, and I get that. That's some of the tension. And if you read Scripture, the epistles and all is, is moments in the church where there's division and there's struggle and they continue to talk to each other. And what they continue to tell each other is humility, like love, like continue to pour that out because the church is a picture of Christ and his love for his people. But it happens because we continue to find common ground, to love each other, to humble ourselves, even when there's struggle and division and tension. But in my life, I've been in ministry long enough where I've been hurt more by Christians than non-Christians. I've been hurt more where I'm like, I go to church and sometimes I'm like, I like the people out there more than the people in here. I think that's a problem, right? Like there, there's got to be an issue in that. And it's because sometimes we put ourselves, I do it, you do it. We put ourselves at a certain standard. We think we're right. And because anyone else does something different, then we judge, condemn. Instead of try to come to meet them where they're at. Now, you're already putting your own like ideas or examples into this situation. So you're like, well, God's word says, uh, yeah, if God's word says, then let's stand together. But how we stand is very important. For too many of us, we stand prideful instead of confident in God's word, not our own. 
our words fell. So the way I communicate something fells. And sometimes people are like, hey, did you just say that? And I'm like, I hope not. And it's because my words might have felled me in trying to communicate truth in God's word, but my words will fell sometimes. It's, it's, it's this moment where we, we look at the whole chapter 9. Starts with a man being introduced to Jesus in a crowd, and the disciples ask that question. Why is, why is he blind? What sin happened, like his or his family's? Like, what's going on? And then Jesus heals him in that interesting way, right? Mud over the eyes. Jesus leaves the scene. He's healed. He then goes to the church to prove he's been healed. Now, they get angry because Sabbath and all that. You're not supposed to do any of that. Jesus goes back to meet this man because the whole time we even see innocence and we see humility in this man's reaction and even his family's reaction. So they ask generational sin, but all of them show humility because what happens is Jesus, uh, or they, they go to the temple and they're being questioned. Who healed you? How did it happen? Like, why did it happen on the Sabbath? And the, the man's response is, I don't know. I don't know who healed me. He never said his name. Like, I never saw him. The parents, their response is, we don't know. But when our son came home, he could see. And he never saw before. So I don't know what happened or how it happened or why it happened on the Sabbath. But we're thanking God for this moment. Jesus goes back. And he meets this man. And that's that verse 35. It says, when Jesus heard all that had happened, all this commotion and struggle... The man never really identified Jesus. So when Jesus went back, Jesus says, hey, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man's like, I want to. For some of us, it even starts at that innocence. I, I want to know more. I want to seek God's Word. I want His truth in my life. And, and, and it comes with time. And, and Jesus says, I'm right here before you. And this man turns from, oh, I want to, sir, to yes, Lord. And he worshiped Him here in this moment picture of humility he's saying hey everything that had happened the words the truth that you're speaking to me I want to understand it and he worships even as he's still learning and growing the religious leaders on the other hand their response is are you accusing me what are you saying about us it's a picture of two different actions for many of us it's it's how we need to respond next See, the pride says, I got this, but the gospel says, God's got this. It's putting who is first in our lives. See, God won't use you if you're not willing. For most of us, the, the, the greatest way that, hey, do you want to see God use you? Do you want to experience like fulfillment and purpose in your life? It starts where we drop the pride. It starts to say, hey, God, I'm willing to be used. Jesus, he even says it in scripture. He says, I came to serve, not be served. Like, let that hit your mind for a moment. Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, creator of all things, through all things are created. He says in this moment, I came to serve, not be served. Who deserves to be served in this moment above all else? It'd be him. But he gives us an example of how our lives should look as well. So can I tell you, I, I believe today, God is looking for a people who are humble. God is looking to use and to build a people who are humble. 
maybe today that would just one moment in your life it would hit something that says I, I, I'm willing to be humbled I'm willing to be used God show me how that looks and plays out in my life maybe it goes outside of what we once thought or expected Maybe it goes outside of maybe just what we're, we're planning in our own life, but saying, God, I'm, I'm willing to come under your authority and sovereignty. And what that means is I don't always know what the next step is, but God, would you just shine that light, hit that focus on what you're calling me to? Can I just pray for you right now? Where you, a moment for each of us where we just be willing to say, God, God I'm, I'm willing to be humbled. God, would you just continue to just beat down that pride in my life so that I can continue to be used by you? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now. I pray for me. I pray for each of us. God, that you would continue to just show us and light the course and hit the focus on where we need to focus in our own lives. And God, I pray it starts with that root of pride. God, that I wouldn't walk around thinking my ways are better, but I would continue to walk around knowing your ways are. God, that maybe one area in my life that I already had planned out, mapped out, and I was expecting it would happen exactly how I thought. God, that I'd be willing just to hand that over to you and say, if it will be, it will be. But whatever you have in store is always better. God, I pray that this would work out in our lives, in our relationships and everyone we come into counter with. God, that we'd, we'd, we'd speak with humility. We'd act with humility. And that through all of that, what people would continue to see is you. God, I pray that relationships would be restored and built even stronger when both just continue to humble themselves for what you are doing. God, that we'd humble ourselves and serve the other. And when we do that, something greater happens that we can't always understand. God, I pray that we as a church, we'd be built on the foundation of humility, not pride. God, that we'd continue to humble ourselves to come together, united, stronger for your glory. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray for everyone here, for everything they're going through, God, just that they would continue to see you are driving this thing and we would just step back and surrender and recognizing you are in control. God, we see you in everything and all things. God, it is for your glory. It is for the name of Jesus, the name above all other names that we say, amen.